Hello? Hey, Katiekins. It's Rosalie. Want to have a slumber party? No, wait, hold on. Just chill. Hey, Slumberkins. I'm Rosalie Kicks. And I'm Katie McBrown. And we are best friends forever. Each episode, Katie Kins and I roll out our sleeping bags, pick out a flick featuring one of our favorite heartthrobs, and we gab about it. Welcome to the slumber party. For anyone that's joining us for the first time, we hope you brought your snacks. And here's just a little rundown of how the show works. So Katie Kins and I visit an imaginary video store, and we select a movie that features the heartthrob of the month. And then we get out our sleeping bags and we chat about it to determine whether the movie is worthy enough to be placed on our coveted slumber party watch shelf. So before we dive in and start discussing the movie, I thought it would be fun to kick things off with a game that kind of relates to this movie. So what do you say, Katie? I'm all for the games. Let's play. All right. So for this episode, the movie that we're talking about is called The Favor, and deals a lot with with crushes. So like high school crushes from when these people were younger. So I thought it would be fun to play a bit of Cross Your Heart and Hope You Die by sharing one of our teen crushes. So Katie, spill the beans. Okay, so I'm literally going to be putting myself out there. I'm going to paint a very mortifying story for you and all the listeners because you've never heard this story before. But let's take us back to sixth grade, shall we? My crush at the time, and I mean crush because I had a huge crush on him. Like it was just embarrassing. Anyway, it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, which was also referred to as JTT, as the teen mags always coined him. I was literally obsessed. I would carry around a glossy magazine picture of him that I ripped out of like Tiger V or one of those... But I, like, folded it up and, like, put it in my pocket so, like, I would have it, like, everywhere. And I would pull it out at times just to stare into his blue eyes and gaze over his blonde bowl cut. I mean, if you Google pictures of him, like, what he looked like at this time in life, like, you'd be like, Katie, what is wrong with you? Just so I'm clear, this is the child that was on Home Improvement. Yes, this is the middle child from Home Improvement, um, which I never, I never missed an episode. Because I couldn't. Like, it was, like, before DVR. Is that where you discovered him? Yeah, that was the first time I saw him. And I think he was, like, in, like, a Disney movie or two, like, after, like, during the time of Home Improvement. But mostly I would only get my fill of JTT from Home Improvement. So I had to, like, watch it, like, one day a week for half an hour, hoping he would, like, come on screen. But I was, like, super deep into this crush I had it in my mind that like we were gonna meet and fall in love and we were gonna get married I was insane but I just want to tell you a little story about how it went a little far because I'm pretty I'm pretty crazy so in my local mall there was a store called Glamour Shots which I'm sure some people have heard of I know you told me about the JCPenney and like Sears Portrait Studios yeah but this this one was mainly like It was a storefront where there was, like, makeup chairs and, like, outfits that you could pick out. And then you would get, like, these pictures taken. So one day, I was either with my mom or, like, with friends. But there was, like, a little place that you could put your name in to enter to win a free glamour shot. So I did this. I filled it out. I put my name in. I get a call a couple days later. And I am like, Mom? drop everything we're going to get glamour shots but seeing as my sister was like jealous that I won she had to come as well and (laughs) she had to be she wanted to take pictures too because like I said this place was popular right so we go there we take the most horrific pictures ever like I'm not kidding they did our makeup my skin color was orange (gasps) my lips were pink (laughs) my hair was huge and I was wearing like a purple boa like I have like I can't even I might if I can scrounge up this picture yes I'm sure it's somewhere like hidden in the artifacts in my family's home but like it is god awful but I got these pictures back and I thought they were gorgeous like I was like I (laughs) am I am a model like I was like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Hollywood, here I come. So with my best friend at the time, I literally got one of the like five by sevens 
or maybe it was, I don't even know what, maybe it wasn't that size, but I got like one of the sizes printed and I wrote like a love letter to Jonathan Taylor Thomas on the back and I sent it to him, to his fan mail. And who knows if Jonathan Taylor Thomas ever got this picture. I surely hope he didn't because it would have made anybody pass out from hideousness. Like it was just not a good picture. So that was my teen. That was like, I wasn't even a teen at the time. I was like 12, but that was like, you know, that was probably like the crushiest of crushes that I've ever had where I took it to the extreme of like actually sending like fan mail to like the PO box in hopes that he would just say like, come marry me in your purple boa. In my purple Bella. There was also pictures with, like, I was wearing, like, a sequined blazer at one point. <laughs> like, I, it was, it was amazing. Were there any pictures with you with, like, a stuffed leopard? Sadly, no. There weren't props. In this place, there was just, like, outfits. And you basically yeah. just put it on top. And they would only really, like, take it from, like, your collarbone up. But, like, there would be enough of the, like, fluffy pur- purple Bella in it. It was interesting. But, I mean, I just laid out my my most embarrassing story for everybody. So Yeah, it's interesting. I actually was not familiar with this establishment, Glamour Shots. I do remember, like, Sears and JCPenney, and those definitely involved, like, props and things. Oh, I think I know what you mean, because I feel like there would always be, like, an Easter bunny or, like for holidays that people would get these pictures taken or like a spring theme. Correct. And I can like totally picture, but also like the background sometimes had like flashy lasers and like, yeah, stuff like weird stuff or like, Oh, a wintry, like wonderland. Yes. In the back. Yeah. I don't have any pictures like that as a kid. Do you? No, my mom used to take my brother and I, pretty faithfully every year for like Santa pictures and Easter bunny pictures until, you know, it got to the point where we didn't believe anymore. Right. Um, Or you had to like share his knee. Like it was weird. Like your brother would be on one side and then you'd be on the other and you'd be too tall for him. Yeah, exactly. And so she did that for a while, but we never got any like pictures done at like Sears or anything like that. Uh, But I do remember my cousins did because they would have pictures of them and they'd be holding like a stuffed bear. (laughs) I just feel like it was something, it was so eighties and so nineties to like get pictures, like these professional pictures taken in a studio where like now people just have cameras or like camera phones and like you can get, you can like, put any backdrop on it like you could just photoshop a backdrop on it sure sure but like i'm just imagining like your hair was probably so large it was super curled and i had bangs too at the time so the bangs were like straight and then like the hair was like wild i need and it was like it was like 1995 like i didn't (laughs) like the hair shouldn't have been that way and my makeup shouldn't have been that way, but I must have had a terrible stylist at the time. I feel like my story doesn't even come close to well, the craziness. Although it I'm does still interested, <laughs> I'm still yeah. interested in your crush. I just, I just wanted to let you know my story was going to be insane. Yeah, no, I love your story, and you need to track this photo down. I will. I'm going to look. Like I said, I have to look in the archives of of the family glass, like, wherever they keep everything. Yeah, in the chest. In the chest. The drawers. I was going to say the chest of drawers. (laughs) So my, my teen crush, and this was probably around, like, when I was 15 or 16, I was pretty much obsessed with the band Blink-182. I had everything, all of their CDs, posters, shirts, everything. And it actually, this band is how I met you. And I hope you remember. I could never, I could never forget this. We both at the time were attending, we were freshmen at Bloomsburg University. And I was absolutely miserable when I was going there. And I remember one time I was like having a phone conversation with my mom and 
she, you know, felt really bad because she's like, have you made any friends? I said, not really. And she recalled when she did drop me off at one point that everybody's door in the dorm was like decorated with stuff, basically like advertising, like things you liked with posters or like little magazine clippings and such. So she's like, why don't you walk around the floor and, you know, just knock on somebody's door, like a stalker basically (laughs) and be like, I really like your door. (laughs) And I, of course, just like, sure, I'm weird and strange. I will do this. So I was walking around and I had saw that on your door, there was a Blink-182 poster. And if I remember correctly, it was the one where they're like in their undies. (laughs) A pretty like iconic poster. Like there was like three at the time. I feel like I no, I totally know what you're talking about. And they're like little they're skinny little bodies with like tube socks and like undies. Like that was pretty much Yes. That that was it. I remember that. Yeah. I guess it was supposed to be like a play on like a boy band poster because like boy bands would always take these like pictures, like (laughs) these glamour shots. But instead (laughs) it's just like these nerdy, like pasty white dudes in boxers. With tattoos. Yeah. So I knocked on your door and told you your post was rad. And then I feel like I kind of just ran away. (laughs) (laughs) But I felt like so accomplished. Like after I did this, I was like, she's going to, she's going to find me. (laughs) I don't, you didn't leave any information. You were just like, I like Blink-182 as well or something. And, and I ran. I was like, yeah. And then, like, I think you dipped into, like, I, my, I know my dorm was, like, right next to the staircase. So I bet you, like, just dipped in there and, like, went to a different floor to, yep. like, hide. Probably. And picture this. And then, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't see you, like, ever again. Like, I never saw you on campus uh, or going into the dorm or anything. I would say two years later... I ended up transferring to Temple University here in Philadelphia. And lo and behold, I like walk into a class one day and you were sitting there. And I was like, wait, I think I know this person. It was definitely like this aha moment for me because I was just like, I think we're destined to be friends at this point. I mean, there's it like only makes sense that we were destined to be friends because I went to Bloomsburg for a year and then I transferred to Temple. You went to Bloomsburg for two years, which I am like so proud of you that you you actually made it two years in that hellhole. Well, Um, the only reason I survived the second year was because I met my friend Christy. Oh, that's correct. And she had a lot of like we had a lot of similarities um, and common interests so like she kind of helped me survive but it's funny because I still remember the moment there was like one night she's like oh I really need to talk to you and I was like yeah I need to talk to you too and then we both were like I'm transferring oh my gosh (laughs) because she ended up she ended up going to Penn State and okay because that was like a bit closer in her direction of where she was from and I was going to Philly but it like worked out Because, yeah, I think if I didn't meet her, I would not have stayed there. Right, like one more year. No. no. Yeah. But, yeah, I I loved Blink so much. I – some things I did – I'm not really embarrassed by it, but it was just kind of part of the obsession. I once won a writing contest professing my love of the band and that I then scored – tickets to one of their shows which I was really excited about I also once and this was like when I was probably 15 or 16 I like convinced my mom that they weren't coming to Pennsylvania so she drove me to Ohio to see them and that was a total lie they were totally (laughs) coming to Pennsylvania but she didn't know how to use the internet so she didn't I love your mom by the way yeah so when we were in Ohio I was I, I I think one of my cousins came with as well and we were just like chatting and then we were talking about how, oh my gosh, we get to see them again soon because they're coming to the Allentown Fair, which is literally like seven miles from my parents' house. (laughs) And my mom was just like, what? 
and we're like, oh, yeah, they're coming again. Like, we were, like, caught in our lie. But she, she th- you know, ended up thinking it was kind of funny. But one of the coolest things, a blank memory that I have, is that I saw your now husband play guitar with Green Day during one of the Blink-182 tours that they did with them. And Whoa. Yeah, you have to know about this. So no, I do. But I totally I always forget that this is like how you you knew kind of Brian around the same time as knowing me but like we didn't know each other like Brian and I didn't know each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And it still blows my mind like I've heard this story about how he got picked from this like the crowd and then got to perform with green day on like stage thousands like thousands of people like yeah i'm like who people. and it was so weird because it was well it was one of those like huge arena shows and i used to run into brian at like local shows here in philadelphia so usually if they were like a lot smaller like at the electric factory or like the trocadero bar i'd see him waiting in line and stuff but I had right. no clue he was at this Blink show. And then all of a sudden, this person gets him on stage. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Brian <laughs> playing with Billy Joe. Green Day was, like, his number one, too, at the time, I think. So he was probably like, holy shit. Yeah, that tour was that tour was really great. And it was so weird because Green Day was clearly, like, the much better band but they were like playing before Blink and like when Blink would close the show, it was like such a letdown because you're like, oh, <laughs> the other band was actually a lot better. But yeah, so I I don't remember ever doing anything crazy. Like I never got to meet them or anything, but I think if I would have at the time, I probably would have like passed out. Oh, definitely. Like... <laughs> 100% you would have been like I've done so much to see your shows and now here I am meeting you in the flesh and then you yeah. would just turn into a puddle yeah I wonder if I would have taken a glamour shot like if I would have known that that existed <laughs> if you were like a few years younger perhaps like I would have definitely worn like leopard print <laughs> oh my god and like, like red just... lips I wonder, like, if you can still take, like, glamour shots. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to Google it when we're done this and see if that's, like, still a thing. Like, because I can imagine maybe in, like, a really small town that has, like, a strip mall. Yeah. That, like, is thriving in certain ways. Like, maybe they have a glamour shots location. (laughs) I feel like your story is tame, but you also did go to many extremes to see Blink-182. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you have a favorite, like, or did you just, like, love them all? Oh, like, albums? No, I mean, like, member of Blink-182. Like, like, were you a Mark fan, a Tom fan, a Travis? I feel I started out as a Mark fan. And then Uh as I got more into, like, punk music and stuff, I ended up gravitating more towards Tom. And I also got into Aliens, and, like, he was really into Aliens. So I was like, oh, oh yeah. And now he's now he's like off the deep end about aliens. Isn't oh he? yeah. He has like an alien van. Oh my god. He like tracks them. Uh but yeah, it it's such just a weird time in my life. I also was thinking about you may remember this. I also used to go to like shows here in Philly and I would often leave like Bloomsburg. Like sometimes even probably missing class because I really didn't care. <laughs> I did. I did the same. But I I would come into Philly for shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do recall like the one show I went to by myself was some forty one. Yes. And I like told <laughs> no one that I was like going to this show. <laughs> like I was kind of embarrassed. I don't like I honestly forget how I got into some 41. I guess it was probably because they were similar, like sort of to Blink-182. They were like the Canadian Blink-182, like they dressed similarly, um, but their album was like so catchy. Their songs were. Mm -hmm. And I went I went there with my friend Beth. She went to the University of Scranton and her and I drove down together to like either the TLA or something. I think it was the TLA. And we went to see Sum 41. And I remember seeing you there and being like, there's that girl that knocked on my door. 
Like she goes to Bloomsburg. Yeah, I, but I I feel like I was probably wearing like a cloak when I was there, like trying to. Hide. But I spotted you. I spotted yeah, you. you. So you didn't you didn't hide out. You didn't hide out so well. Yeah. But I just remember like oh, I'm not gonna go talk to her. It's a concert. Like she can't hear me. Also, I was like a nerd and I didn't really know how to like talk to people at all. See, which surprises me because you're like very bubbly. Like you're very nice. Sure. Yeah, I am when I like know people. I have to know you first yeah. to like talk to you. Well, should we we start talking about the flick? Yeah, I mean we got to get into Brad Pitt at some yeah, point. So... He is the heartthrob of the month. Yeah, so this is the time that we deem girl talk. Talk, 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 girl talk, talking back. Girl talk, Dateline, the game about the two things girls like best: talking on the phone and. I'd love to go. Boys. And it's the segment of the show when we talk about the movie. And as Katie mentioned, this month's heartthrob is Brad Pitt. Well, I'm sorry about that. That was my fault. Your name comes up on the screen and the squeals just start. I mean, who's going to complain? Are you kidding me? I mean, listen, you go through all of high school try to get that. This is another movie that when we picked it, I realized like I had not seen it. And I don't think you did either. Neither have yeah. I. Nope. Which I do like, like, we're digging into these people's filmography and finding kind of these hidden, well, so far we haven't found any hidden gems, but. We haven't found any hidden gems, but I like that we, number one, like, it's older, so it's, like, before they were, like, super known. Right. To kind of, like, unearth something that maybe has potential. Exactly. And it's something that people haven't heard of, so, like, we're also introducing, like, new new content. For those that don't remember or again if it's your first time joining what we do is we try to see if the movie is worthy of our slumber party watch shelf and for a movie to end up there it has to earn at least five gold stars so while we're chatting if you hear a twinkle sound that signifies that the movie earned a star and katie why don't you share some of the criteria for a star and i think you added one i did add one but i think you also a little, you took like a little turn off of this one for us to get a star. So I'm just going to mention them both. Okay. Because I think that they are important. Like, I feel like they are, they are things that when they show up in a movie, like, yes, it gets a star. But anyway, to remind everyone, the criteria will be, there has to be a mall, babe alert, radical fashions, a bodacious soundtrack, a bad boy, nudies, a rebel girl, pizza delivery, a first kiss, wild hair, and in this one, we did wild cuisine to kind of go off something else, but we'll get to yes. that later. And again, we're always adding to this list. So shoot us a note on Twitter at Dear BFF Pod if you got an idea, and we will take it into consideration. Yeah. As we mentioned for tonight's sleepover, we rented the 1994 flick, The Favor, and it stars Harley Jane Kozak, Elizabeth McGovern, Bill Pullman, and heartthrob of the month, Brad Pitt. And the movie was written by a Sarah Perriott and a Josan McGibbon and directed by Donald Petrie, who I didn't realize until I was looking into the movie a little further that he apparently directed How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Grumpy Old Men, and Mystic Pizza. So I've seen, oh, yeah, wow. I've seen some of his other films, but again, this was a new-to-me watch. So, Katie, what intrigued you by the cover because I know that's something that when we're looking for the movie we kind of look at the poster or the box and make our decision I feel like I mean number one there's like three prominent men on the cover but in the center is Brad Pitt with those cute little glasses that give me heart eye emojis so I feel like I, I honestly was just drawn into Brad Pitt, but then there was what I coined as the bonus heartthrob, Bill Pullman, because he is kind of a looker as well. Yeah, he, I he kind of has this like nerdy look, which I like. Yeah. And he's clearly, you know, younger here. And then there is the third man, <laughs> which I'm <laughs> sorry, but like. Essentially, what you have going on here is you have two heartthrobs and then the brownie paper towel man with a mullet. Beating lumberjacks up here is no easy job. These guys work hard and they play hard, too. So when things get messy, 
around here. I rely on Bronnie. Bronnie? Bronnie. Bronnie's not only the biggest towel you can buy. Stay tuned. Bronnie's tough. And thank goodness they're economical. Thanks again, Bronnie. Anytime, Sal. Bronnie, the big tough towel without the giant price. He's wearing flannel, which is the exact same color that the brawny paper towel man wears. And I don't know, like this hair, I just look at it and laugh. It's weird because looking at him, he literally, I think if brawny came first or if this man came first, I'll never know. But somebody came, like somebody was inspired by somebody. Yes. Because he is the brawny man with a mullet, like the most prominent mullet I have seen in a really long time. So I think that was just like a shocker to start. And it made me it made me laugh as well. Yeah, it's just it's really profound, the mullet. Uh but <laughs> yeah, so I was able to actually track down the original VHS box. So I'm going to share with you the back of the box summary, uh, which is something that we've started doing. How far would you go for a friend? Emily Embry goes all the way in this sexy romantic comedy. Kathy Whiting truly loves her husband, Peter, but can't stop fantasizing about her high school sweetheart, Tom Andrews, who she never, quote, did it with. Since Emily is going to Denver for Elliot Fowler's gallery opening, Kathy convinces her to look up Tom and just see how hot he really is. But their steamy one-night stand ignites a lot more than just passion. Kathy turns green with envy, and Elliot, who is also Emily's lover, is heartbroken, and Peter is convinced Kathy's having an affair. And that's only the beginning. Everything builds to a hilarious, multiple climax in this irresistible comedy of airs. <laughs> All right, I never read the back or like a synopsis of it, but the way that they use the word climax is absolutely hysterical because this movie is like, it's these two women talk about sex. Like it is just a lot like that one conversation in the gallery, like they were talking a little bit loud and people heard them. Who is the best and why? Howard, because we were in love. I've done that. It was interesting. I think if I were a like young preteen, I wouldn't have understood like half of what they were oh, talking about. Yeah, definitely not. Like definitely not. At all. I would have been so lost, but I can tell you that I would not have read the back because there was just too much words. <laughs> and I would have been like, eh, Brad Pitt's in it. It's gotta be good. It was long it was long winded. Yeah. That and I would have just rented it, but I agree with you. I would have probably just been giggling throughout this entire film because they just continue <laughs> to talk about sex. And then Kathy's fantasies are just absolutely wild. Yeah. Like the whole, so the whole opening sequence, like just screamed sex. It was a little like misty. She was walking down a street. There was her leather, like her red leather dress. And she was the only one in color. Like everyone else was wearing like a suit that was like dark and then she like the sexy saxophone and all the men checking her out. And then there was that man that even rolled his window down in the limo, which had me dead. It, like then we just realized it was all like a spicy dream about her high school boyfriend. But like this, it started off in such a way that we were like, whoa, this is going to be, this is going to be something, yeah, something sexual. Yeah, definitely. And at first, like I didn't even realize that it was like a fantasy. Like I thought it was like, oh, this is just the movie. Like, this is actually <laughs> happening. And then, of course, I realized, like, oh, she's dreaming because when the guy showed up, her crush, he was, like, still dressed in his, like, a football player. And he, like, comes right. out of, like, an alley. And then they, and then they like, dip into, like, some weird, strange place. Yeah. Like, underground. Yeah, that, the whole thing was very odd. But when she wakes up, you learn like Kathy's basically just, I mean, she's a house spouse. Like she has a couple of kids, her husband, Peter, who's played by Bill Pullman's just like this nerdy, I guess he does like stuff with computers because at one point he goes on the internet. Oh yeah. He like hacked into the internet to like check like something. And we were like, Ooh, this is probably the first use of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he does something with computers, uh, but she does have this friend, Emily, who, honestly,
honestly seems like a lady about town. Like I like within the first couple of minutes, I'm like, oh, Emily has a black book of sorts because this lady is out like every night of the week. It's happy hour every day. (laughs) She was definitely like the sex pot of the two. Like all the guys were into her. She must have been a prize in the 90s. Like she must, because I feel like she was like a leading lady of sorts, Mm -hmm. but she was just so lucky. Like her character actually got to sleep with Brad Pitt. Yeah. In a loft. It was like a loft apartment and he was, because he's an artist and he's like painting pictures, which honestly, I cannot even recall what the pictures are. No, I have no idea what any of his art looks like. But he was like, yeah, she would like sleep with him in his loft and then like he would like paint her shirtless. Like he was shirtless (laughs) painting her. Right. With his little glasses. Yeah, he would like. He would get out of bed after they, like, had sex and he would just start painting because he was so inspired. Yes. By her body. (laughs) So. But she had to get to work because she was all business. Yeah. I'm still kind of confused, though. Like, even after watching the movie, like, I really don't know what her profession was. Like, I guess she was some sort of art dealer or, like, gallery owner. Yeah. Like, there was that part where her and Kathy were at that, like, art seminar type thing and then I was like but Kathy doesn't have a job not that we know of right so I was confused like they were taking a course on something but then Emily seemed to have like I mean she had an office in one scene so like we knew that she did something but they never actually I'm gonna go with like she was like an art gallery owner yeah I mean either way she was sleeping with Brad Pitt and he was definitely her junior like he was younger than her oh yes yeah by like at least 10 years. Yeah. And she had, I hate to say this, but the most unfortunate hair I've ever seen. <laughs> like at one point, which I do love. So my husband, Benjamin, he's been watching the movies with us. And I feel like he's basically a slumber Ken at this point. Yes, definitely. But he, he, and this is a quote, he said, her beauty transcends bad hair. <laughs> and Ben always, like, manages to come up with the best quotes, but, yeah, like, the hair is just very bad. And you actually had, like, a term I, for it. I just kept calling it Kurt Russell hair because yes. it was. Like, no matter every angle that you saw her, like, from behind, from the side, like, you're like, that's Kurt Russell, right? But then I love also that we're talking about Ben, but he said he had a thing for her as a team. He like, did. It was, he, like, really, he did. He had a thing for her. So maybe he likes some Kurt Russell hair. Yeah. Or maybe she just had, maybe this was just the movie with like her hair was just going through something. Yeah. And honestly, like, okay, despite her having this like hair tragedy, <laughs> I, I really liked Emily. Like she won me over, especially mm-hmm. there was the scene where she brings Brad Pitt to Kathy's like, Kathy's having like a birthday party for one of her daughters and Emily brought a present for the daughter that it wasn't her birthday. So like, because yeah, it always kind of sucked. Like if your sibling was having a big party and then everybody's like with a clown, yeah, with a clown <laughs> and then everybody's giving gifts to them and then you get nothing. But like Emily, oh, yeah. Emily brought her something and it was a really cool diary with a lock, which I feel is like a totally like Emily gift. Yes, definitely. Especially like she like she was obviously a young girl at one point. So she knows you have to write your feelings down. It's nice to have a diary. It's nice to have something of your own, especially when you're watching like your sibling get like copious amounts of gifts. Exactly. And then you're literally sitting there like eating some old grocery store cake with icing that turns like your mouth blue. Yeah, And you probably got like a middle piece. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the part with like the big like hard rose on top of it that had too much frosting yeah no yeah so and but this was also a good scene because you do get a glimpse of like brad reacting to like being around children because that's like one huge difference between emily and kathy like emily is clearly like a swinging lady like she's out living her best life and then kathy is like throwing barbecues in the backyard (laughs) right And Brad is, like, not having it. Brad just wants to drink beer. Yeah. And paint naked ladies. (laughs) He was helping mix, um, like, I think they were maybe doing, like, some kind of, like, art 
like event like the kids and he was helping like mix colors at one point well a bit, it didn't last very long no but he got they bored. like tried to give him a they they tried to give him a job and he was like i'm gonna go get more beer yeah i was like same bro so but then where the story just like really picks up is that kathy gets wind that emily has to take a trip to denver like something dealing with Brad Pitt and his art career like she's trying to set up like a gallery event or something but Kathy this is when the titular favor comes into play because she requests that Emily look up her old high school boyfriend and basically she like asks Emily to sleep with him am I remembering that wrong no it was it was a major favor yeah she she's like so yeah go look him up and then sleep with him, and then I want you to report back. Like, which is insanity. Yes. Like, I don't think I would ever expect you or anyone else to do this for me. I would never ask this of anybody because I just find it to kind of almost be a little degrading in a way, but also like weird. Like, that's just like it's taking it's taking something a little too far. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just, it doesn't sit right with me. Like, and also, if anyone ever asked me to do something like that, I would be, like, a sweaty mess. <laughs> <laughs> like, you wouldn't be able to go through with it. No. Like, my extent- You would have, like, flown to Denver and then been, like, get back on the plane and fly home. <laughs> no. My extent would have been just, like, the Blink-182 poster. I'll knock on the door. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, you look like the brawny guy. Cool. And then just walked away. <laughs> yeah. Never even bringing up that you guys also have a friend in common. Right, exactly. So, like, after the trip, I do love when Emily comes back and is basically like, oh, you did me the favor. You gotta look him up for me. You haven't seen this man since you were 16. He's probably fat, bold, and ugly. I'm just asking you a simple favor. I'll try to look him up, okay? Oh, and when you meet him, don't wear this. I hate this on you. Tell me everything. You did me the favor. What are you talking about? The big, strong hunk in the red flannel shirt. The tongue like velvet in the arms you could die. You met him? We were swept away. Tommy doesn't get swept away. Yes. And then starts to report back, which I did write these things down from the movie because they were just gold. She (sighs) describes to Kathy that his arms were like velvet. And that if there was a nuclear war, she would want him in her bomb shelter, (laughs) which I was dying. She was smitten. And when you said the thing bomb shelter, all I could think about was more like bone shelter. Yeah. Like she came back like in love with him. She kept saying like he made her feel like a woman and she's never felt like that before. And I was I was dying. It was so good. Well, and I think something important to say here is at this point in the film, like we hadn't seen what he looked like. No, he was still, he was still mystery. um, Yeah. He he was a mystery man. So we never, there was no brawny. There was nothing. It was just, oh my gosh, there's going to be somebody hotter than Brad Pitt. That's going to appear. Yeah. Like it was just like, oh wow. Like who is this guy? So, you know, Kathy's finding out the story and what happened and that she that Emily slept with him she definitely starts getting jealous upset even like manic about it because she starts yeah. having like crazy nightmares and and like daydreams yes <clears throat> like just things that are like happening she'll just like kind of get out of touch all of a sudden and we're like, oh my God, what's happening? And then we find out it's like a daydream that she's having. Right. And that's where we get the first glimpse of Brawny Man. There's like, a, it's a nightmare that she has where like Emily and Brawny are like in the sex cabin. <laughs> Brawny like lives in some kind of like wooded area. Well, you just picture like Colorado, like he lives deep in the woods yeah. and he like, just like is always cutting down trees. Like, that's just, like, what I picture. (laughs) Yeah, and so she first, like, has this nightmare that's upsetting to her. And, like, I still can't get over, though, like, Emily crawling under the sheets with this guy. Especially when she has Brad Pitt. Like, that's that's my confusion. I don't understand. Well, yeah, and at this point, 
sadly at this point in the movie they had cooled off things because she didn't really like how Brad was acting at the party and then she meets up with Bronny and has like this lustful 24 hour affair right. and not affair but just like shenanigans mm-hmm. and then she falls in love with him right basically but yeah like how do you pick Bronny over Brad Pitt I'll never know yeah I mean Emily really the character really goes through a lot of different moments with these guys though because then there's also she at one point during the movie is set up with Bill Pullman's co-worker played by Larry Miller who's the dad from 10 Things I Hate About You and there's like this scene where Larry Miller walks Emily to the door and he says he was hoping for a good night F-U-C-K and then Emily is like well good night fuck and then she just slams the door and I do love like again this character she just doesn't care and Right. And she just goes for it. And I, I like that. But when she said that line, I like spit out my milk and cookies. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was definitely my favorite line in the movie. I wrote it down and was like, I'll never forget this. Like it's, it has to stay with me forever. And I just love that. She's like, I mean, this man literally thought he was going to get lucky and he was so gross and sleazy and he was I guess he was like putting on his best moves, but he walked her to the door and she basically slammed the door in his face and was like, no, I'm going to bed. Like, yeah, get the fuck out. Yeah, plus she, so, had, she had brawny on the mind. So she had brawny on the mind and a couple other things, I believe. Yeah. So anyways, you know, like we were saying, Kathy kind of goes off the deep end. At one point, you know, she's trying to lure Bill Pullman to bed with lingerie and sexy hard-boiled eggs, which I'm sorry. <laughs> there is this scene where she's, like, <laughs> attempting to, I guess, be romantic. I don't really know. Turn him on. But, like, Pullman is just only concerned with making this, like, Scooby-Doo sandwich. This huge sandwich and playing his harmonica. I, there, I've never seen so many ingredients out on a counter. And it, it's so funny because they didn't call it an island back then. They called it a butcher block. Yes. Like, did you, do you, like, picking up on that? I was like, this is interesting. He had every kind of spread and condiment. I think there was multiple types of meats and cheeses, pickles, olives. And then here's poor Kathy, like, half naked, just try, like, drizzling honey onto herself. And then... He was just so swept up in making his sandwich. He didn't even notice, like, when she picked up the hard-boiled egg and, like, poked her finger through it as if, like, she were, like, de-virginizing <laughs> the hard-boiled egg. It was so bizarre. It all makes sense then. Like, you were, you know, saying that she was having this fantasy where then Bill Pullman is dying. Like, that happens later. And it totally makes sense because he is just frustrating her. Right. He's not noticing or paying attention to her. So she has this like fantasy when they're leaving church where like he falls down a flight of steps, breaks his neck. And then at the funeral, brawny man shows up and whisks her away. And I want to pretend I could be making this up, but I feel like brawny came in on a horse. Honestly, you could be making this up because I was still in shock that like because when these fantasies and daydreams came in, they came in so quickly yes. that, like, I thought they were real. I thought it was real, so too. I was like, oh, my God, he died, and now she's going to, like, marry and fall in love with her high school crush, and, like, the movie would be over. Little did I know, like, snapped right back into it, and he just kind of, like, falls. He literally, like, tumbles down, like, and catches himself on, like, two steps, which kills me because, there, like, there wasn't that many steps. He wouldn't have died. <laughs> so that whole scene actually made me laugh a ton. Yeah, and I do feel, though, like, it is at this point, like, with these fantasies, when they start interjecting, like, during the daytime, is when the movie just kind of goes off the rails. Because, like, there's, like, a whole car chase scene at one point with both yeah. Pullman and Larry Miller. They're, like, well, I guess it's more Larry Miller's, like, trying to convince Pullman, like, oh, yeah, Kathy, she's having an affair with Brad Pitt. And they, like, follow her station wagon around. And... It just is, like, very bizarre. Like, again, this there's, like, so much going on. Like, the more I was thinking about this movie and, like, the plot. Like, as teens, I feel we would have been lost. 
Well, well, yeah, I think we would have been lost and we also probably wouldn't have been able to like understand everything that was going on. No. And I think we would have been really bored. I think we wouldn't have been able to understand like the humor or like what it's like to be an adult and kind of like be in a rut. Like, I feel like we wouldn't have understood it. No. In the way that like we probably this movie as a teen, we would have probably fast forwarded through a lot just to like get to like Brad Pitt and like the sex scenes. Yes. Yeah. But I feel like it is something that as an adult, we would have at a sl- at a slumber party. Yes. Uh, and I do want to take a moment here actually to recognize just some of the radical fashions that are on display. Because when you just <laughs> mentioned Brad, you know, obviously we talked about his gold frames that he's wearing. But there's also a scene at a hotel where he's in a robe with a hood and it just looks very cozy. <laughs> And he also wears a lot of, like, vests and blazers. Like, he's always blazing. I feel like, yeah, he's always wearing, like, a sweater um, a sweater vest. But not, like, a sweater vest, like an Argyle one. But, like, one of those, like, thin sweater vests that have, like, that's, like, a button-up sort of. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, don't, I feel like he didn't wear, like, anything underneath it. Like, it was just that. Yeah. <laughs> and vests were very in in the 90s. Like, a lot of people oh, yeah. wore vests. And then, of course, I do, I cannot not mention the insane t-shirt that is being worn (laughs) so like at one point you know we learn that emily thinks she's pregnant and she of course like is not sure if it's elliot's or elliot being brad pitt or brawny but she ends up going to a lamaze class and the teacher there is wearing a shirt that says i love labor And they're in, like, a treehouse. Yes. It was, like, a hippie, like, type setting, I feel. Yeah, and I also feel like I really liked that scene. I mean, it was nuts, but I liked how progressive it was for the time. Like, there were same-sex couples, Mm -hmm. and the teacher was Holland Taylor, which is pretty neat. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah, and she was, like, I don't know. She was playing, I guess, like, a 50-something year old person but like she yeah. ha- she like made mention how like oh i have a baby at home <laughs> right <laughs> with like her 20 year old husband or something like it was very wild but yeah i think the only person that i really wasn't digging the fashions was probably kathy i was just like other like she was wearing like a lot of like frumpy clothes yes for the most part like you know very like matronly and just kind of like what like threw it on or whatever I was like but she didn't really dress she didn't really dress to the nines no and then when she chose to was that like in my opinion a time when I would never wear this she wears like this fancy like sexy red dress on an airplane right I would not do that never would I ever take a trip in a dress like that, not only because it's going to be uncomfortable, but, like, wasn't she worried that she was going to show up and have, like, wrinkles? Exactly. To meet, like, her dream man? It didn't make any sense. Yeah. So, Kathy ends up, you know, deciding she's going to go out to Denver. Basically, she wants to tell Bronnie that Emily is pregnant, which I think is crazy. She really starts, like, inserting herself because Kathy, like, tells Brad Pitt that Emily's pregnant. Like, it's not coming from Emily, which I just think is completely wrong. It's definitely overstepping. Like, when a friend tells you, like, when a best friend tells you something in confidence, you shouldn't be going off and telling two potential, like, maybe fathers that a girl that they slept with is pregnant. It's it's none of her, that's not her place. Yeah, but she really is taking that trip, I mean, under the guise of that, but you know she was really hoping to, like, get it on. Right, or, like, he would see her and, like, have, like, wowza, wowza, like, I like you. <laughs> kind but of thing. He, he ends up, like, being just so gross. Oh, my God, he's the grossest. Which kind of made me, you know, I know this was something we talked about briefly while watching it, but it was making me just remember, like, high school and, like, people that I was like, ooh, they're attractive, but now I bet they're, like, so gross. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she shows up and the store that he owns, like, the, I think it's, like, a a a hardware store, it's closed, and he... And, like, it's, like, gone fishing or whatever. So I guess she just, like, finds out where he is. And he's, like, out there, like, 
throwing fish around with like fish fingers and like there's nothing I would have the second that happened I'd be like I gotta go home to my endearing husband where he makes sandwiches and plays the harmonica yeah yeah Bronny is just bad news and luckily we do learn that he is not the father (laughs) thankfully yeah I mean overall you know this movie I thought it was a fun watch yeah I mean I definitely liked there it was two portrayals of women that were very 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 different but they're best friends and like I mean, they got into these, like, little arguments and actually big arguments, and they still, like, had, like, their friendship at the end. So I feel like it was, like, a good film overall. And again, I love that it was it was written by two women because, like, I feel like that would be, like, something silly we would write. Oh, definitely. I mean, there was a lot of just um, foolery and, like, shenanigans happening all throughout the script. Right. Yeah, and, and Brad, Brad was great. I really enjoyed his performance. He was great. I actually, I feel like he was probably my favorite character out of everybody, other besides Emily. But I just like found him to be the most relatable. Yes, especially at the birthday party. Like that would have been me. Like the kids right. trying to give me a job, and I'd be like, I'm gonna get a beer. <laughs> I gotta go take a walk. Yeah. So I think it's time to get out the diary. You have your clicky pen. I do, but I think it's broken. Yeah, it's like... (laughs) Because you're clicking it too much. It's been through a lot. Dear Diary, The Favor has earned a total of five stars and will be the first flick added to our Slumber Party watch shelf. Here's how it shook down. It earned two stars for Double Babe Alert with the appearance of heartthrob Brad Pitt and young Bill Pullman. One star for radical fashions, such as Brad Pitt's very 90s thin, gold-rimmed glasses. One star for lady screenwriters, because frankly, without women writing this script, I don't think we would have ever gotten the comedy that is The Brawny Man. And it earns a fifth star for wild cuisine. (laughs) I don't think I will ever forget the Pullman sandwich consisting of the following condiments. Mayo, mustard, peanut butter, and cold cuts. And then, of course, the sexy hard-boiled eggs. So, Katiekins, you have to dust off the cheese curl dust because we finally have a video to add. Oh, I made sure that there is the glossiest shelf to add this flick there. I'm just so happy we finally have something because it was so sad and lonely. Yeah, there will be more, I'm sure. Oh, we're going to fill this puppy up. Thanks for coming to our slumber party. We hope you had a blast and you can join us in May to discuss heartthrob of the month, Patrick Swayze and slumberkins. We are going to get crazy for Swayze and attempt to record not one, but two episodes. And our first episode will feature the 1979 hidden gem. At least that's what I'm thinking. It's going to be (laughs) Skate Town USA, in which Patrick makes his feature film debut as a roller skater named Ace Johnson. And then as for the second pick, we're going to invite you to come to the video store with us. And Katie, do you want to share how that will work? Yes. So we're going to be posting a poll on our Twitter. So make sure you're following us at Dear BFF Pod. And we're going to choose from four. Well, we're going to have four choices that you can choose from. So we're going to have Roadhouse, Point Break, Dirty Dancing, and Tiger Warsaw. So make sure you're following us and don't miss out because this will be a lot of fun because you guys will be involved. And also, can I say that Ben chose Skate Town USA and Patrick Swayze as the heartthrob since he is basically an honorary slumberkin? Yes. And so... All this rests on his shoulders if this is terrible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we will blame Ben either way. And if it's great, then it's our pick. I mean, we picked it. Then, yeah, then it becomes ours. We'll just take credit. Until the next slumber party. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram at bestfriendsforever.pod or email us at dearbffpod at gmail.com. And you can join our fan club by sending us a letter with your name, address, and birthday to attention movie john, which is M-O-V-I-E-J-A-W-N-P-O Box 20172, Philadelphia PA 19145. And if you drop us a line, we will write back and possibly send you some goodies. Compliments of our now fan club president, Mr. Clank, who has gifted us 
a bunch of vintage trading cards from like the 80s and 90s. And I'm actually going to open a pack of them on air because we agree. I'm so excited. So he sent Katie and I a bunch of different trading cards. So we're going to take turns like each episode. And what I'll do is I will post them on our Instagram so that you can see them. But if you send us a letter or a note, we will send you one of these cards. So here I go, Katie. Or a glamour shot. You can send a glamour shot too. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I would love to get a glamour shot. But the first pack I'm opening is actually from this film, Bingo, which apparently is a 1991 movie. I've never seen it, but it's about a runaway circus dog that befriends a young boy who is having trouble making friends. Have you seen this? Ooh. I don't know. It sounds actually kind of familiar. So I feel like if I looked it up and I saw like what the dog, I'm going to go on IMDb well, now and look it yeah, up. Yeah, the dog, because, okay, I'm going through the pack now. Yeah. The first picture is, I mean, he looks like a golden retriever almost to me, but he's wearing, and I'm not joking you, it's like a Sherpa vest with like a tutu. <laughs> and it says in quotes, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. And on nope, I've. I've seen this movie. 100% have seen You've this movie. Seen now that I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at the IMDb still images of it. I'm like, yep, I've seen this movie. There's another card here where the dog is looking at like a family portrait. It says family ties. I have another one of him on a skateboard with like the most radical fashions. Like it's a total like 80s shirt, like pink with like little like triangles. Ooh. Yes. And the dog is on a skateboard and it says, wait till you see my flip. <laughs> then there's. Was there, gu- was there a piece of gum in here too? No, there was no ah, gum. There wasn't. Yeah. I was hoping there was gum. Yeah. Because I'd have you, I want to hear you chew it on air just oh. to like see if it's still so stiff. I ain't trying that gum. It's from like the <laughs> 80s. No, the movie came out in 1991. It's from the 90s. Yeah, well, no, still no. But this other picture, I don't know what's going on here. This guy is like doing something with dynamite. Like the, a child? No, or no like... a grown man. And it says oh, okay. doing the dirty work. Oh, and then there's just like I have a couple trading cards where the dog is like saving the little boy. And at one point, the dog, it looks like is giving the boy CPR that I mean, in this movie that they get into some shenanigans. Yeah. Like I remember like they avoid I think they almost went to jail. They were running away from like an animal, like somebody like from like an animal hospital or like an animal like kennel that was like trying to like get the dog. Yeah, because they wanted a lot. It was a lot back in the circus. They needed him back in the circus. But the last, apparently, big top. The last card here is like a glamour shot. No, yes. and it says our, oh my our gosh. humble hero. And is it the little? Is it the little boy? No, it's the dog. <laughs> the dog is in every photo except for the dynamite one. Is the dog wearing glasses? No. No. Oh. I think my favorite card out of this pack is the Sherpa one. I mean, you sent. I think you. Did you send me a preview shot of it earlier? Yes. Yes. You possibly did. But I remember. I remember. Is there a trading? Is there one of the trading cards of like a family sitting on a couch and then Bingo the dog is like taking a portrait of them? No. No. But he's looking at like a family portrait and then the little quote on the card is family ties. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Yeah. So I will post these pictures on the Instagram, but people, you have to write in. Slumberkins, we want to hear from you. And that includes, too, you can, as a reminder, rate and review the show on Apple Pods. It helps people find the podcast, but I'm going to read a comment that was left by Silver Whatever. This podcast is a joy. I hope they invite me over for pizza and to play Dream Phone or Mall Madness. You're invited. I know this person. This is Ryan. I'm fine with him coming over, but not if he brings the Twilights. (laughs) One day we're going to get you to watch them. It'll have to be. I will strap you to a device like in a clockwork orange (sighs) to get you to watch these flicks. With alcohol. Okay, we'll give you all the vodka, but I feel like you just need to see them. They're no, it's no masterpiece. 
they're just well, it's we'll like see. you have to watch them but yes please <laughs> go on and and leave us comments we will read them on the air and again you know make sure that you're following us on all of our social medias for updates and such and shout out to movie john's ashley jane davis for our radical theme and tunes throughout the show and the hollywood hunk hugo marmuji for our nifty logo and best friends forever is part of the movie john podcast network and we thank you for listening and please enjoy a short advert from our unofficial official sponsor the 1989 milton bradley game sweet valley high ttyl our school is so cool. You can be a sweet valley girl, going with a sweet valley guy, living in a sweet valley world, getting into sweet valley high. Now everyone can get into sweet valley high, the game that is. Get the right clothes, throw the right party, date the right guy. Jessica, you stole my boyfriend, just like in the books. <laughs> Our school is so cool. Sweet valley high. Get into sweet valley high, the game from Milton Bradley.